Well, we are excited to have our young people uh, tonight just to kind of share testimonies. Um, so the past three weeks have been uh, very busy for the teens, to say the least. Um, three weeks ago, they went on the world's cheapest missions trip down to Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, they were there for that week and then came back. And the following week, they went to uh, Louisville, Kentucky for um, a youth conference there uh, and then came back from that. And then VBS started, uh, had VBS and the teen explosion. The Lord just really blessed throughout this past week and that. Um, we had over 130 kids that came through our VBS just in three days, um, and we thank God for that, that three of those young people accepted Christ as their Savior. Uh, then Thursday and Friday, we did our teen explosion. This was the first time we've done it this way, uh, but last year we just realized we were just having too many kids all together. Uh, we had over 170 kids all together at one time, and it was just, we were hanging them from the ceiling and sticking them to the walls, and just we just didn't have room for them. And uh, so this year we decided to kind of separate it. And Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we just did from kindergarten through sixth grade. And then Thursday and Friday, we did seventh and eighth grade. And, and again, it's, it's a good thing we did that because we had over 130 kids come for K through six. But then for the teenagers, we had 85 come for that. Um, and so that, again, where would we have fit all those people? I have no idea. Um, but uh, it was great that we did it that way. And again, even with the teenagers, uh, Brother Chris Chavez came and preached and uh, did a wonderful job. And we had seven teenagers accept Christ as their Savior uh, Thursday and Friday. And so thank the Lord for that. And the Lord really blessed through that. And i um, really thankful for all of those who had a part in making VBS and Teen Explosion happen because uh, it would not have happened without you. And uh, so we appreciate that. Uh, but tonight we want to give the teenagers an opportunity to share what God's done in their heart over these past couple weeks. And uh, I know God really worked in many of the hearts through the missions trip, uh, even through the, um, the youth conference as well, and maybe even some through VBS and Teen Explosion. They got to help be a part of helping in VBS uh, and things. And so uh, I'm going to turn it over to Brother Jake. And um, do you need to introduce anything or... Okay, all right, so we're just going to turn it over to them, so go ahead, ladies. Hi, I'm Kylie Newbury, the sound, don't I? Um, so I just want to shout out our youth leaders. They put up with us for, like, me, two weeks. I don't know how you did it. I'm really annoying sometimes. But um, the first, the mission trip was really, really great. I got to learn about different religions, like Roman Catholic, that was very interesting because I always believed that they really, truly believed in Mary as their savior, not um, Jesus. And um, I think God's calling me to be a missionary. So um, that's that. Then in the youth conference, one of the sermons is called... um, I forget the name of it, but it was talking about standing for Jesus. And um, I'm not one to, like, stand up in front of people, too. I deal with little kids, not you guys. Um, (laughs) um, I'm in band, so I could, instead of not talking about Jesus there, I could talk about it. And um, I've been doing that a lot more than I did last year, and then the final night, I think, it was, the sermon was called, I Will Not Be Ashamed of the Gospel of Christ, that really spoke to me, too, about just standing up for Jesus, 
and that's all I have. So I went to youth conference, and it was really good. It was a really good time, and um, I think the best part was actually preaching. I we went to the amusement park. It was okay, and um, but I think my the my favorite message was um, probably. The one Wednesday morning, it was really good. It talked about forgiveness, and it just really spoke to my heart. And um, before youth conference, Miss Rachel told me to pray and ask God to um, speak to my heart. And I was like, okay, fine. And so I did not, not like with, I just did it because I was told to. I wasn't really like, yeah, so. And um, so... Then we got there, and I was like, okay, God speak to me, whatever, but, and then we got, we was, the first message, message was really good, and then I was like, okay, I think maybe I should pray a little bit more, so I did, and it still wasn't, like, heartfelt, I guess, but, um, and so, but, like, further on into the week, it was really good, but, um, yeah, so, um, yeah, but uh, the message on forgiveness was really good because um, just, um, I was just, um, like, holding grudges against people and not forgiving them, and, like, I should, and so um, it really helped. And um, also, um, one of the thing, one of the um, messages was, like, um, it was doing as well and then so I want I want to be a missionary but I don't know if that's what God has for me so I was praying about it and then um I'm I feel like that's what God has for me but I'm not sure yet and so um I was like kind of I don't uh it was kind of like not worrying me but like it was just hard not because I didn't know what God's, God's will was and so I felt like I was, like, not saved, like, I was down in my salvation, and so, um, so I, like, told Miss Leanna, I was like, so was that, does that mean I got reassured? Because, like, through the week I kept, I kept, um, praying, um, for God to forgive me of my sins and stuff like that, and so she said that, um, it could have been that I got re- reassured, but, um, when she actually was the person who led me to Christ, but um, she said that I was pretty. Um, it took a while for me to like. It, I didn't make a, like a light decision, so she said that um, she's not saying that I didn't get reassured, but I. She said that she um, was pretty sure that I got saved when I um, was like eight or nine. But so I feel like it was just because I didn't know God's will, and so um, like all the doubts in my mind, I was just not. Um, I feel like I'm not making sense. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but I just, um, yeah, so I am, um, youth conference is really good, and yeah, that's all I have. <laughs> okay, so, um, I didn't get to go to mich- mission conference, but I went to youth conference, and I think it was really good. So, um, I can't remember which which um, message it was, or preacher, but I do remember probably, well, I think they all spoke to my heart, but probably my favorite was, or the one that spoke to my heart most was probably the one about forgiveness, like she was saying, and just 
just making sure I don't like, like, like I just sort of forget it, not really hold on to it, and just, yeah, things like that. I brought a paper. I don't know because I'll forget. <laughs> okay, so um, I was trying to decide which trip I got the most out, most out of, and I couldn't really decide. But um, on the mission trip, I found it astounding how varied the beliefs were and about the different religions. I learned a lot of things about the religions, like that the Muslims pray uh, five times a day, at least once at the mosque, and the other times, like at home or somewhere else. And the difference, and then I also learned like the difference between Catholic and Orthodox. Uh, like the basic beliefs are similar, but the Orthodox is uh, Russian and Greek, and the Catholic is a Roman. And at the youth conference, God spoke to my heart in all the messages. But he uh, spoke to me the most and when Brother Miller preached a message, which he made reference to preaching to a genera- generation of martyrs referring to us. In some ways, I find that terrifying. In some ways, I do not. Uh, one of my favorite messages is when Brother, Proch, uh, Brother, Brother, Proch, Brother Pope preached and said, uh, can't curse what God is blessed and too blessed to be stressed and did a little, <laughs> did a little dance. Mr. Jake knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> and finally, I'd like to thank our youth leaders, Mr. Jake, Ms. Lana, Brother Shane, and Ms. Rachel, for putting up with us on those trips and taking us on the trips. Um, so I'm just going to start by saying thank you to Brother Shane, Ms. Rachel, and my mom and dad, um, and to Pastor for letting us go, and to anyone else who helped in some way. Um, I think I think the trip spoke to all of us. Um, so I'm going to start with the mission trip. Um, so we get there Monday night, and, or was it Tuesday? We got there Tuesday, didn't we? Um, we were all tired because we left at 3 o'clock in the morning, and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get anything from this day. But I did. Um, we went to a synagogue that day, and I was picturing, you know, the Jews, like, you know, really perfect all in robes and stuff, and, like, that is not how it was, actually. Um, so we walk in, and there's only two that were going through it. The one guy was the um, rabbi, and the other one was just like, oh, I'm just explaining it. She was just, she wasn't really anything really in the church. But anyways, um, the way they explain their religion is that it's your decision how you try to please God. She said that she didn't she didn't really care. Like she she drank, she she talked about all the stuff that she does, and that's really not how I pictured the Jews. Um, she explained it as a buffet. Basically, it's it's a spiritual buffet that you get to pick what how, what you eat and how you get to God. And so basically they don't really believe anything. They just believe it's all about feelings. It's all about, I mean, you can be, it was whatever you want, really. Um, and that, that was shocking to me because that is, that is not how I pictured the Jews at all. Um, we went to a couple other places. Next day we went to um, two places. And then um, Thursday we went to a Hindu temple. Now this is the place that spoke to me the most. Um, 
when we pulled into that area, the, it was just like shocking. Like it was, it was huge. It was amazing. I mean, it looked like perfection. Um, you walk in the first room, and I mean, it's just racks for for you to put your shoes because you know they don't want you walking in with shoes on. You take a couple of turns, and then you walk in this room, and it was it was kind of sad because I mean, it was it was a pretty big room. Um, the walls, the pillars, the ceiling, everything was literally made out of their false gods. There was pictures of just gods everywhere. Um, it is said that the Hindus believe over 300 million gods. Um, I found it interesting. The reason we were allowed in is because there was these cages on the far side of the, of the temple. And... They were, it was roped off to where you couldn't get to it, but they said that the only reason we were allowed in is because their gods were literally taking their daily naps. That if they weren't taking their naps, that we would not be allowed in because people would be praying to them. Um, and as dumb as that sounds, it, I, I went into this thinking, how could anyone believe something like this? Why, why would anyone believe something like this? And this week, I, I, I understand now why. Because if we're not going to tell them, then they're going to come up with something to give them hope. They're going to try to get to God. They're going to do everything they can. We act like that. We, we say that's dumb, that's stupid. But in reality, it makes sense why they would try to do something like that. Um, Romans 10.13. Romans 10.13. Most of us know that. Um, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Most of us know that. Um, it's a, it's a verse of hope, but the next verse talks about, we, we skip the next verse a lot of times. We don't talk about the next verse. And how shall they call upon him in whom they have not believed? And how, and how shall they believe on, in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? If we're not going to tell them, they're going to go around believing this stuff. If these people, their parents, and their parents, and their parents, and their parents, and their parents, they're all the, whatever religion they believe. Most of them have never heard of, they, they might have heard of Jesus, but they haven't heard the gospel message. They haven't heard the, the gospel message. Um, and then, I don't know if it was, it was before that, we actually went to, this, this, was, this hit me hard. Um, we went to a graveyard. We had this whole scavenger hunt. We were doing this. Um, it was just it was something we did. Um, uh, so basically, we got there, and... We're just messing around. We were just talking. And Brother Robert gets up, and he gets a lesson. He starts a lesson. And he gave, at the beginning, he gave us all these candles. Um, it's, it's, it's nothing special. They said they got it from the dollar store. It's nothing, it's nothing anything special. But the demonstration he gave with it really hit me. He said, look around you. All of these people had their chance. They had... Their lives, he pictured, he compared our lives to a candle. He said, once it burns up, you're done. It's over. He said, all of these people, they, they're burnt up. They're done. There's nothing they can do. Whether they believed in Jesus or not, it's, it's, that's in the past. They can't do anything about it. Um, he said that, he, why waste our lives, why waste our candles, so to say? Why waste it? Well, why spend our lives out of the will of God if we can do what God wants us to do. Um, the demonstration he gave is you can take this candle and you can put it where there's a whole, a whole bunch of light and it will do absolutely nothing. 
or you can take it where it is completely darkness and shine light. Um, the reason, honestly, the Hindu temple spoke to me the most is um, a couple years ago we had the Elrods come through, and um, they talk, he talked about how the um, he, he, they're, they're missionaries to India, and they're talk, he talked about all the um, stats of India. Right now, India is the, um, has the second largest population. It's actually going to pass China soon. Um, so soon to be the world's, have, soon to have the world's largest population. And yet it is under 1% evangelical. There's very few workers there. And... That, that's always been in the back of my mind, and I, that was something big in my mind when I first heard it, but did I put it off? I didn't. I pushed it away. I, didn't, I got cold, basically. Um, and then the mission trip came, and um, it became real, if that makes sense. The Hindu temple, the other religions, it's, it, it became real. Um, it was, to me, it was something that was far away. There wasn't, anything, there wasn't anyone like that in the U.S. or anything like that. But there are people bowing down to Buddha in the U.S. There are people worshiping. There, there are Hindus in the U.S. And there are Hindus around the world. There are Buddhists around the world. Um, it, it be, if, when you go on a mission trip and you actually see it in person, it becomes real. Um, and I just thought it was interesting how the Lord worked. So India is in the back of my mind. Um, there was missionaries there. They kind of dedicated a whole day to India, um, kind of, not really, but um, there was missionaries there. Um, so we all got separated, and we got put with certain like um, group leaders. Uh, me, Jimmy, and Sammy got put with Brother Ty, and I just think it's interesting. So Brother Ty was, he was training to be a missionary to China. He, I think he got like all the support and was ready to go, and then COVID hit, and he couldn't go. Um, so now what he's doing is he's going around and he's raising up, he's raising up missionaries to go to Asia, not specifically China, but all of Asia. And I just think it's interesting how God put me with someone who knew about India, who knew all about this. And I'm not, I'm just going to say now, I'm not saying I'm going to India. I'm just saying that that's something that I would like to do if that's what God calls me. I, I want to do that. Um, and I just thought it was, it was cool how I got put with someone who knew all of the facts, knew, knew all about the country who I could ask questions to, I got put with someone. I got put right where I um, could ask those questions. And, um, yeah, so, and then, so that was the mission trip. I'm going to move on to conference now. Um, Just to start, if there's any teens who don't want to go to conference because they think it won't be fun, uh, you are dead wrong. Conference is literally the highlight of my year. It is a blast. There are so many inside jokes our youth group has. I can literally say yup, and they would all respond, like, yup. yup. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> inside joke. Um, um, so I'm only going to talk about two messages because I don't want to take everyone's, I don't want to take everyone's stuff. But first one I'm going to talk about is Johnny Pope's second message. Now, to me, this was more, to me, this was nostalgia. Um, Brother Chris Chavez, when I was eight years old at Hoosier Hills Baptist Camp, he preached a message like, just like this message. And I actually got saved on that message um, that Brother Chris preached on. And I come back, and Johnny Pope preaches a message just like that. It was about the cross. It was about what Jesus went through, um, 
God turning his back, the darkness, he went through all of that. And to me, it was like God saying, remember what I did. Remember what, you, what I did for you. Remember all this. And I was down there on the altar, and they started singing Complete in Thee. And that's one of my favorite songs, and I, that really couldn't have been, there really couldn't have been a better song. That was amazing. Um, and then the other message I'm going to talk about is Brother Charlie Clark's The Last Message. message. He talked about our generation, um, what we, we should be reaching our generation. He said, he, he talked about how the older ones, are, I mean, like him, he said he's going to die soon. He's going to, or not soon, but he's going to die. And um, we, we're going to have to reach our generation. Personally, I am, probably my biggest struggle is witnessing. I do not like talking to people that I don't know. I, I don't like doing that. But I'm always worried about what they're going to think. But why does it matter what they think? Um, a good... Um, a good pic- um, someone I respect for um, doing this, Pastor. Uh, teen Explosion, he's literally up here dabbing. Like, I really never thought I would see Pastor dab. He, if it's for the gospel, he does not care what people think of him. He will do anything to get the gospel out. And I respect that. Um, so I, I'm trying to be a better witness. I'm trying to do these things, but yeah. So, um, I loved the World Cheapest Mission Trip and Youth Conference and the Steen Explosion VBS. I loved helping in, in doing stuff. I'm not going to take too long on the mission trip because I have some other stuff. But it's, it's so cool to think that you're able to actually, instead of flying to an actual missions, uh, not a missions trip, um, instead of flying to an actual country and seeing this one religion, you don't have to fly. You can pay it cheaper and see all sorts of different religions. So I thought that was really cool that I was able to see that. Um, uh, uh, the last, I know, I know there's like three days, but I'm the last day, I, through the entire thing, I love learning about the different religions, but the last day we had um, kind of like a, um, end reunion, I don't know what it's called, but they were talking about um, this thing called the Volunteer Pledge. And what it says, it's, we hold ourselves willing and desirous to do the Lord's work wherever he may call us, even if it be in the foreign lands. And what, they, what the entire time in the Cheap and Submissions trip, they're trying to teach us and kind of train us, I guess, train us and think about it to go and spread the gospel. And that's, that's the main reason everyone is here. That's what we're supposed to be doing. So they gave us these volunteer pledges, and I, I know I did it. I don't know if any of the other guys did it. But it's just to show, it's just kind of like a thing you can take, keep, keep it in like your room. I keep it on my desk just to remind myself that I'm supposed to be going. And Well, not like I can't go anywhere right now, but even here I can pass out tracks, like Luke said, working on that. And I can share the gospel, like inviting people to Teen Explosion. I know it's great to see that we got seven teenagers saved, so I was glad that happened. And another thing to remind us is this red ribbon. I think TJ actually, smart idea, he put it in his Bible. But it's just like you can put it, hang it up. It just it also helps you remind yourself. And I'd also like to talk about the candle. So the one the one day at the graveyard we went, and Brother Robert he was talking to us about. How their lives, and I asked a question to his his group leader, Brother Ty. I asked him, "What about the people 
that haven't had a chance to hear? Do they, 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 do they still get a chance? And he said they, they already had their chance, I think, with Adam and Eve. God gave them a second chance. But if we're not sharing it, they're never going to hear, and it'll be really on our fault. So I just thought I'd, um, I just thought I'd bring that up, but I liked what he said with the candle. I, I, I know some of the guys have lit it and used it, but I, I, th- I'm just thinking this as my life, just like it's short, it's going to go out. But one of the illustrations they used is, why do we have light, so much light in America, and then there's all these dark countries. We need to take some of that light, at least one of those lights, bring it to a dark world, and start sharing that, and then the light will get bigger and bigger, and soon it'll start spreading a lot. And so I like how they use that with the candle, too. So I know he already talked about it, but I like talking about it, too. Well, um, so that's, that's, that's what I, I love learning about the religions and um, synagogue and Hindu temple, Catholic. But I, I like the mission trip. I know, I think it was like 10 hours. 10 hours in the van with a bunch of teens, teen boys, so I am one of them. I am one of them, and I know I wasn't the greatest, but anyway. Um, so then I would like to talk about the youth conference. I thought the youth conference is amazing. Like, Luke, I know there's, like, I think we got, like, 13 hours of preaching, but that's not, that's not bad. It, we Four hours? Yeah, 30. 30 hours of preaching? Okay, I didn't think that was that long, but anyway, there's so many different messages. Um, This is going to sound weird, but um, Johnny Pope, I don't know if anyone's heard of him. He was kind of talking about him. Uh, I was afraid he was going to use this, but one of the things he said, he was preaching a message on being blessed and how we shouldn't, like, get scared about sharing the gospel. And so he used this thing. This is going to look weird. I'm going to try to mimic him. He said this thing. He goes, I'm too blessed to be stressed. And he just looked like, I'm too blessed to be stressed. I don't know what he was doing, but it was, it was good. So we all, like, wrote that down. We're like, yes, let's go. Too blessed to be stressed. So, yeah, he's seven. He's an old guy, no hair. He's doing this little dance. It's, it was really funny. I'm sorry, Brother Jay, nothing against you. Or Brother Paul. But it was, it was amazing. I, um... Uh, Charlie Clark, he was preaching about, no, Dean Miller. There's a lot of preachers. Um, Dean Miller was telling us, um, he thinks that our generation, because of what's going on in America and how it's getting worse, he thinks that soon, I know we talk about the old martyrs and how they died for Christ, but he thinks that when we grow up, we might be doing the same thing. We might be dying so that others can hear. Um, one of the ways I like to share the gospel, I've, I've already, I think I've said this in church sometimes, but I've dedicated myself to um, children's ministry. I feel like the Lord's calling me to that. Because the way I see it is, um, like with VBS, I like helping with that. The way I see it is when you share the gospel to a kid, He's more likely to get. He's more likely to think about it than an adult. Because I'm not saying like adults are all stubborn. Not all of them are, but <laughs> nothing against adults. But like, 
adults, um, they have their other stuff. They're busy and doing this stuff. But, like, the kids, they'll take that. Like, you can give them something. They'll take it. They'll take it home, and their parents will start seeing that. And then they'll, their parents will start seeing that their kid is, like, not really changing. But, well, yeah, I guess kind of changing. But I, it's just it's easier to get the gospel into the homes for children because there's, there's lots of them. And they need to hear because they're going to be our new generation. Um. That's just what I, that's what I thought about it, and just like by sharing the gospel through that, and I loved helping with VBS because that also that also encouraged me with because I've always like VBS I've always liked helping and like super church I've I've always tried to help as much as I can just because I like I like teaching kids I like playing with them, and VBS it, it was such a blast that to be able to help them with games and. Help them hear the Bible story. I know Miss Joe did a really good job on that. But just just learning through that and encouraging and yeah. Well, let's see what we got here. Multiply that by about four. Well, they said about five minutes up here, and Brother Greg told me I could have about 15. I don't know what it is. He's been getting a lot of trouble lately, it sounds like. First off, I would like to thank our youth leaders, Brother Jake and Miss Lena and Brother Shane and Miss Rachel, just because they're there. They're there for us when we need to talk to somebody. They're there for us when we need somebody to lean on. Somebody that we can trust, rely on at the youth conference, and and because they put up with us, obviously, that's a chore for anybody, but they're there. And that's what, that that always helps me when I'm in the youth service, when I'm preaching, playing the piano, I'll, Brother Jake will be sitting there and he'll just be saying amen, and saying amen for a preacher really helps him, I know from experience, but he'll just be there, kind of like, He's supporting us without doing really anything because he's here and for us when we need him and Brother Shane as well. But let's get into it. Let's see what, see what I got here. All right. First off, I wanted to point out that all the messages we heard, we heard messages at the mission trip and messages at the youth conference as well. Every single one of the messages had something to do with God's will. Most messages you hear have something to do with God's will. God's calling for your life. What God wants you to do, staying pure, stuff like that. It's all God's will. That's something I realized that, and I, I listened for now. I was like, hey, he just said something about God's will. That's something that is in a lot of messages. We also learned about complaining. Not complaining on the inside, but sometimes, like your mom will ask you, okay, this is for most of your kids. Usually adults don't have their mom asking them to take out the trash or something. But your mom will ask you, say, for example, to take out the trash. Now on the outside, you're like, yeah, let's take out the trash. On the inside, you're like, I really don't want to take out the trash. <laughs> but he told us that we, don't, we shouldn't complain on the inside. We should have what we think and what we say in our hearts. For it was what God wants and it needs to match our outward actions, which we try to look good for other people, our inside needs to be devoted to God. We talked about living to your full potential. We learned about staying pure. And there's some couple of verses I have here. The first one is James 
4, verse 7, it says, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And that just kind of meant to me that if you, if you draw, the, it's the next verse, the next part of the verse, it's draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. If you get close to God, you can resist the devil and you can put him away and he will flee from you. He will literally say, hey, the devil does not like purity. God loves purity. So if you're pure and you come to God with an open heart and you're living in God, the devil doesn't, he'll try to influence you, but he won't want to live near you because he don't want to be influenced by God. He hates the stuff of God. And as Christians, that's good. That's good that he hates it. And we should be showing that to other people. And he should hate us and what we do. That's good. And then John 10.10 says, For the thief cometh not, but to steal and to kill and destroy. But I am come that you might have eternal life and have it more abundantly. Which is saying, the stuff of the world, we don't need it. Jesus has come that we can have life and that we can live to our full potential in Jesus. All right. And then... Um, sometimes we all can experience this, but we'll have doubts about our, about our salvation and our eternal security and all that. After one of the messages, he was just talking about it, and I went to, I went to Brother Shane, and I, he just told me some stuff. He said that when we have doubts, it's Satan coming and saying, hey, you're not good enough. Were you really saved? Stuff like that. And you can say to him, go away. I know I'm saved. My faith is in God. And you can just push him aside because... You, your eternal security is in God. And then also, I was called to, called to preach last year at the youth conference. And this year, God's really just, they had us, they had preached on people being called to preach. And God just spoke to my heart and he said, hey, that's you. That's you, that's you. And I know some other people were as well. I'll let them talk about that. And then my life verse, one of them is Isaiah 6, 8. I'm right here. It says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and whom shall go for me? Then said I, Here am I, send me. So it's just being open to whatever God wants me to do in my life for Him and Him living through me. And whenever He wants me to go, wherever He wants me to go, whatever He wants me to do, I'll do it. So, let's see. And then I want to talk about this pledge here. So Brian read part of it. I won't, I won't read it, but... This is a pledge. I signed it. We had a couple other missionaries sign it. Now, if I don't follow these words on this pledge here, and if I don't read it, I'm just like, yeah, let's sign it. If I don't read it, what good is this pledge more than a piece of paper with a couple signatures on it? It's no good at all. It's kind of the same with the Bible. If we don't read it, we don't follow it, we let it sit on the shelf, it's doing us no more good than any other book we can find in the house. No more good. But if we pick it up and actually explore what's inside, God has many truths for us to find. And then he said, one of the preachers said that what you do in the darkness is who you are. Saying, what you do when no one's around, what you think about inside your heart, what you do when no one's watching, when no one will ever find out, that's who you are. Now, if you're living for God and you're writing sermons in your spare time, that's what you are. But if you're... If you're Bad-mouthing people behind their backs. If you're, if you're, let's see. If you're doing, if you're doing wrong, but when no one else is watching, that's who you are. You're a sinner, and we're all sinners. But Jesus can free you from that. You better hurry up here. Good grief. The worst thing you've ever done is what Jesus died for and became. 
on the cross. He became sin for us. All right, here's, here's a fun one. Okay. He, talked, he talked about putting your joy in Jesus, not the worldly things that do not last. Now, in difficult times, Satan will come and you'll be going through something hard. And Satan will come and he'll say, all right, I'll just take that. But when Satan reaches out his hand to steal your joy, you know what's coming. You slap his hand and you say, hey, my joy is not in you or your worldly things and pleasures that don't last. My joy is in the Lord Jesus Christ, who always stays the same and never changes. My joy is in him. You only have one lifetime, as I said with the candle. What will you do with it? What you do for the world, living, doing worldly things, it will make zero difference in eternity. When you get up to heaven, you can say, Hey God, um, I got to level 300 on my Xbox, or whatever like that. And God will say, good for you. It makes no difference. You can, be, you can be a doctor, I'm not picking on doctors, but you can be a doctor and not be a Christian. You can say, hey, I saved... Hundreds of people's lives. I was a doctor, and God will say, were you saved? Well, no, but I was a doctor. That matters nothing to God, what you did. It only matters if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. One page. (laughs) I'm skipping through some of these. That's not what you're supposed to affirm the preacher on. (laughs) Oh, man. I know it. (laughs) Anyway, I got two more. Two more. Okay. At the Hindu temple, like Luke said, we went there. And they literally had their gods caged off because they were taking their nap. Taking their nap. Now, say they have an emergency. Say somebody, say somebody sends a plane. Okay, this isn't going to happen right now. Say Russia sends a plane with a bomb on it over to kill everybody. And they need to go wake up their gods. They can't wake up their gods because they're going to be afraid. Like, what are they going to do then if they have an emergency? They can't disturb their gods. It made me kind of wonder who determines when the gods' nap time is. <laughs> like, do they get a text on their phone? Hey, I'm done with my nap time, you know? I don't know, but... well then at the mission trip we heard a message about salvation and they used a very interesting term normally in uh, you hear salvation messages you'll say people are going to go to hell that's not what they said they said people will burn people will burn and that kind of put a new perspective on it it's like people will burn there, it's going to hell is, is like, oh, you're going to hell, but you're burning. On the last night, we had a bonfire, and it, it was big. It was big. They put some something on it, made it big anyway. But we all kept backing up because of the heat, getting farther and farther away from it so the heat wouldn't disturb us. That's what it's going to be like for the people who aren't saved for eternity. They're going to live in that day after day, and whoever's not here tonight or watching on live stream that's not saved, that's going to happen to you unless you make a difference about it before it's too late. You only have one lifetime to live. Only one. And what you do is that going to make a difference for eternity. Now, this is it, okay? I promise. I promise. 
Not one of the religions we visited had hope. Not one of the religions could say where you went after death. For sure. Not one taught that you go to heaven by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And they all said it was up to someone else. They weren't quite sure who to decide where you go when you die. And if you do enough good works, that might tip the scale and they'll look at that and say, they did more good than bad. That might make a difference. That don't make any difference at all. I think it was Brother Chavez that was saying, if you, like when you go to heaven, they'll say, he'll say, all right, this is what you did wrong. I'm judging you for it. The good doesn't outweigh the bad. He's not judging you for what you did good. He's judging you for what you did wrong. And no amount of good can ever outweigh even one sin. You can devote your lifetime to saving, saving dogs in the sidewalks. I don't know. But that's not... One sin will mess it all up. You can do anything you want for the rest of your life, even if you only sinned once, and you're born into sin. Even if you never... Which is impossible, but you're born... Yeah, okay. We'll just stop there. <laughs> you have a better chance to go to heaven if you do more good works, is what they said. But the truth is... On paper. <laughs> the truth is... That they will burn in hell too. Just like everyone who's not saved. And God has ordained us that we should go tell them. That we should bring the light before it's too late and, they, and before they burn. Not one of the religions had a loving God full of compassion, mercy, and grace. As Christians, we have hope. We know where we will go when we die. We do believe that you get to heaven by faith in Jesus... And God leaves the choosing up to us. We're not predestined to be saved. God leaves it up to us to choose. We only have to believe in Jesus, who is God's only Son, who died for us on the cross, and rose again after three days for your sins and mine. He's not just some prophet that was really good. No. Jesus Christ is our Savior, and He loves us. But what about you? Do you know where you will go after death? Are you trying to work for your salvation? Do you just put it off thinking someday, someday I'll get to it, I'll get there and then I'll have to make a decision? No, now, now you need to do it today before it's too late. The Bible says there's only one way to God and that is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus' return is imminent, yeah, imminent, and yet we still have work to do. Much work needs done before he comes. The question is, are you ready? Only one lifetime soon will be passed. Only what's done for Jesus will last. What will you do? Well, I would just like to start off thanking everybody that allowed us to go on the youth conference and uh, for the teens that went to the mission trip. Um, I didn't go to the mission trip, but the youth conference really spoke to my heart. One verse, and this is the only verse I'm going to talk about, is Romans 1.16. It was a family verse that we all learned as a family. So as soon as he started preaching on it, I was like, I'm not getting nothing from this. I know this verse. It's pointless to be here. And Romans 1.16 is, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation, to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Now, at the start of the verse, it says, For I am not ashamed. We shouldn't live ashamed um, of God. I didn't go to the mission trip, but 
I can tell you this much. The people that believe all these different religions aren't afraid to spread their religion, tell everybody, share it however they need to. But sometimes us as Christians, we hide in our own little turtle shell and we choose not to share it when we have a perfect opportunity. We right now aren't being um, martyred for Christ, so why not share it now? Like how Brad Stensis was saying, it could come to the point where we will get martyred for Christ. But right now we aren't. So why not spread it now more than ever? Um, and that's, that verse just really spoke to me more and more throughout the whole service. Another thing I'd like to talk about is the teen explosion. I went into it. I was like, ooh, yay, fun games, food. I like food. <laughs> and then on the last night of it, Friday, he was preaching. And by the end of it, when we went into prayer, I was like, I'm not here for the right reason. This is a perfect outreach to everybody that's here. So when we went into prayer, I was just praying, just one hand get raised for that they won't accept Jesus. And then I heard that he said, thank you, thank you. Multiple people raised their hands that they wanted to learn more about salvation. I was like, that's amazing that maybe if I was just praying for that the whole time, more people could have got saved. That was my opportunity to have a chance to pray that more people could get saved because of the teen explosion. It wasn't just there for the games. Sure, it was fun to play games, to hang out with people that you've never met, but that was also a perfect opportunity to reach other people that probably never would have heard the gospel unless it was for a two-day teen outreach. Well, that's kind of a hard act to follow right there. I mean, makes you nervous getting up here in front of everybody. But um, I didn't go to the mission strip, but I did go to the youth conference. And from they did actually live stream just a bit of um, the mission strip, and that was at the Catholic Basilica. And it really was kind of interesting the way he interpreted their religion just he was basically just saying that we're all Christians, we just have different ways of getting to God, and that we believe in faith and works, and that you, being Baptist, just believe in faith alone. And, you know, I took a day or two and I thought on it, and I came to the conclusion that we, we don't believe, we don't believe that works are bad, we just believe that works aren't going to get you to heaven. And so going, going, heading into youth conference, I was kind of a little bit nervous about, like, you know, all that time in the bus, how's it going to be? And, you know, there was a mood going in, and, you know, we got there in the shady hotel, which actually turned out pretty nice, and, you know, Everybody was a little weirded out at first, but it turned out great. And, you know, the first night really spoke to me to start off um, because he was talking about potential. And, you know, if you've ever met somebody with special needs and 
um, it's very potential is a very touchy subject. Not that we don't like to talk, talk about it, but it's a very interesting and very difficult subject to talk about because, you know, what options are there for me? Well, that first message just basically confirmed to me that, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, you have a choice to use your potential in a good way or use it in a bad way. And it, it's up to you. So, um, and then just, we, we would always go back into the room and, you know, it, it, it was always great going back there. You know, we all were a little bit um, energized just being sitting in an auditorium for all that time for a whole day, you know. But we all kind of went back and shared what God brought on our heart. And, you know, then it's just like every message just kind of flowed off one another. And they never planned it, but, you know, it just happened. And I think the, the, um, the last night, all the messages were good, but I think the last night, um, the Brother Charlie Kirk spoke about reaching the next generation. And um, it was just really cool to see how, um, see how that played out. Because, you know, those of us who, you know, our parents aren't going to be here forever, and we may be the next people in line for stuff. And, you know, we want to make sure that we're prepared for that, even when it makes you a little bit nervous. And so, you know, I just was really, it was really interesting, honestly, to see the change in the bus from when we went to the, as we were stopping at Speedway. I mean, it it was pretty interesting because everybody was like, where's the tracks? Can I have tracks? Can I have tracks? Where's the track? Did you steal my tracks? Where's my tracks? You know, and that was just a great, a great thing to witness because for the first time, people were on fire for God, especially one of our team members, who I won't mention. And, um, but yeah, and then it was just really cool to see how the youth group was transformed and how God really did some amazing things. And he really changed me for the better and made me re-examine my life and help me to get more straight and aligned with scripture. And, you know, and it was just awesome to see on the way home, we stopped at Chick-fil-A and Brother Jake was all worried about, does anybody have a track? And nobody had tracks. And he was so nervous about that. But, you know, it was just really cool to see not just the kids were influenced by the, um, the youth conference. It was the leaders as well. And so, you know, it's one thing that I will um, keep in mind and that I will look f- forward to going to every year. And, you know, I want to say thank you to Brother Jake and Miss Leanna and um, Brother Shannon and Miss Rachel um, for encouraging us. And just making us, you know, they, of course, we started 
I think it was like a couple months ago we started the teen accountability group, and you know, I thought you know, tag, you know, I I signed up, but you know, things got in the way, and we forgot about at 6:30, you know, be here, and you know, I just kind of brushed it off, didn't really think about it. But then on the last night, they just encouraged us to find people to be accountable to, because because it, it will help you spiritually and physically to know that, you know, somebody else is encouraging you and you can encourage somebody else. And so that just really helped me. And the, the um, youth conference was just a real, it was a great time that I could feel that God was in it all. And um, that's what I enjoyed most. Well, I was kind of excited getting to be one of the last ones to go because I thought all the younger ones would go. They'd do their five-minute timer, and then I'd get a little extra time. I'm not getting any extra time. So I want to start off. I want to thank um, Pastor and... Pastor's not over there anymore. Um, Pastor, my parents, youth leaders, and Brother Shane and Miss Rachel for um, putting up with us for that time and just making it possible for us to go. And I want to thank all of you here for praying for us while we were down there. Um... I believe I'm going to look back on this time and realize I got closer to God during this time. Um, it was a great time. I want to quickly try to talk to you about what God spoke to spoke through that, Sorry, how God spoke to my life, heart. Um, starting with the mission trip. So, 3 a.m. going for an eight-hour drive down to Georgia. Interesting, but um, anyway, we get down there, and one of the first things, just kind of kick it off, Brother Jeff Bush talked about was his goal for everyone this week was for um was for us to change our default button we as christians all the time when it comes to missions we're like oh i'm just going to stay here unless god tells me to go but he said we should be more like i'm going to go unless god tells me to stay um and that hit me but i didn't like it i'm like i don't want to do that that doesn't make any sense why how am i supposed to go if god hasn't told me to go so I made excuses, and I put it off for the entire week. We saw a lot of good things. It was great. But then at the very, very last day, um, there was just some, a little bit of pre- – there was about two hours of preaching left. In my mind, I had said, okay, it's basically over. Got two hours of preaching left, and we get to go home. Um, so we get to the preaching, and um, a preacher by the name of Brother Patrick Henry – I believe he was a missionary somewhere in South America – but um, – he got up and taught and said, for any of you out there who think that, um, who are waiting on some mystical calling of God or for an angel to come down in front of you and say, I want you to go to Africa, it ain't coming. Um, so, but God has you here for a reason, so why don't you do what he's telling you to do? Um, and that hit me, because that is exactly what I was saying in my own mind. I was waiting for some mystical calling of God to um, go to the mission field. But maybe what I need... But what I, but God spoke to my heart about was that I need to maybe take a step and take a um, lost my train of thought. Um, take a leap of faith, I guess you could say, and try to go. And if God doesn't want that for me, then He will tell me not to. So I made the decision that I am going to pursue missions, and I'm going to go unless God tells me not to. So then we get the youth conference. I think, oh well, now I'm kind of on my spiritual high, so I'm not going to get much out of youth conference. That was also wrong. Um, so 
lots was talked about. I could, we, I'm sure all of us could go on for hours if we wanted to. But um, one of the main things I want to talk about is, is just a few things I want to talk about with Youth Conference. So Brother Dean Miller brought a message about the clean mind, having a clean mind um, in a filthy world. The world is filthy and it can get your mind dirty. Now I, in that message, was thinking to myself, well, I haven't seen all these terrible things and done all these terrible things. I wouldn't say my mind is necessarily filthy, but I'd like to keep a clean mind. So later on he talked about how to keep a clean mind. Once you've cleaned up your mind, what do you do to keep it? He went through four things. Three of them mainly stuck out, stuck out to me. He talked about memorize, verbalize, internalize. So things we already know what to do, but it's so true. Um, I struggle to memorize, um, verbalize, talking about Jesus. Um, we all need to talk about Jesus more sometimes. It's easy for us to talk about sports, um, hobbies, and all these other things. But when it comes to talking about Jesus, we shut up pretty quickly. Um, so... And also he talked about internalized, meditating on God's words. I read my, God's word. I read my Bible, um, and I get something from it. But then the day goes along, and I completely forget about what I read, and I don't even think about God for the rest of the day. Um, so I need to do better. About, so I decided to get myself an accountability partner to help me with that. I'm going to try to help him. He's going assume, to – I assume he's going to try to help me. But um, <laughs> so there's a lot of good with that. And at the end of that, um, I'd kind of already sort of done this, but – he talked about surrendering to preach, and I decided to make it official that, and um, God spoke to my heart that, he, and he told me, that is what I want for you. I want you to preach. I've got something better for you than what you planned. All I had ever planned in my life was just to live in America and live the typical American dream. I don't know. But God told me, I want you to preach. That's what I have for you. So, and one last thing from youth conference that kind of tied into Teen Explosion is Brother Charlie Clark in his first message. I don't remember exactly what the whole point of the message was, but all I know is that at one point he mentioned fasting, and I realized that is something I don't do enough of. Um, and it brought me back to something that was said at the last youth conference. Brother Abdel Judah talked about how his youth group had a um, public school outreach, and they tried to invite, and he learned minutes before it started that his entire youth group had been fasting and praying for that event. So um, that kind of spoke to me and said, maybe you should try something like that. Maybe you should try fasting for Teen Explosion, which is coming up. So I decided to fast from, to, to take a fast until then. But I decided not food. Food is not something I guess I could say that's a big deal in my life as much. But um, something that's more, I feel like a big deal in my life would be maybe video games. Video games is something that I really enjoy doing, and I don't like giving it up. Um, a lot of times, I've taken fast from it before, but it's usually my parents saying, hey, you need to take a break from video games. So I decided to make that in my own life, to take a fast from video games and to spend some extra time in prayer. Um, so I took the time off from video games, and Teen Explosion rolls around, and seven people got saved. That was awesome. Um, I felt like that was exactly what I prayed for. Um, they gave out a bunch of prizes, and my name never got called for a prize, but I got what I wanted. Seven people saved was exactly what I wanted from the whole thing. So, um, so again, I want to thank um, Pastor and my parents and youth leaders and Shane, Brother Shane and Miss Rachel for putting up with us for that amount of time and for um, Pastor and all of those who ran VBS and Teen Explosion who prayed for us while we were down there. I want to thank all of you for it. And I believe I'm going to look back at this time and realize this was a great time, and God really got a hold of my heart at this time.
Thank you. I'm going to start <clears throat> by thanking Jake and Leanna and Brother Shane and Miss Rachel again, and Pastor. And um, really quick, uh, before I like actually get into it, I just want to say something like thank you to these guys, but also thank you to all the men in our church. Because whether you realize it or not, you influence us teen boys, and you help us to get where we are. <clears throat> Even if you're not in a, like a teaching position or a like, position of authority, you're still helping us. You're still influencing us in our walk with Christ just as we see you around. So thank you. Um, we saw a lot of interesting people when we went to Georgia. And then we left Vision Baptist. And um, <laughs> we saw a lot of, lot of places, and they were all very different culturally, spiritually, morale, mor- mor- morally. But they all had one thing that stood out, and... Uh, and that was that they're all working hard for pretty much nothing. Me and this girl I were hanging out with, what, or was hanging out with at the uh, Buddhist temple, she asked the guy, she said, um, how do you know how many steps you've completed because the Buddhists believe that you have steps to nirvana? Um, and he said, he didn't really understand, so we typed it in Google Translate, and he said, um, there's really no way that we know. We don't necessarily keep track. So I'm thinking, what's the point then? If you're not keeping track, that's like uh, just getting a paycheck and not keeping track of your bank balance. Just throwing it in there and then hoping, hope, hoping, hoping you have enough money for your taxes and your food and stuff like that. It's kind of useless. And they aren't really excited about it. Like, they're, they're energetic. Sure, we saw that at the synagogue. Um, and other than the Catholics, they're really not trying to spread what they're doing. Like, the Muslim guy said that they'll let anyone in there, uh, the imam, they'll let anyone in there to pray, and they're not exactly trying to force themselves on there, which is, they're just, they're just not, ex- they're not excited about it at all. It's like you're withholding a gift that you have. Like, if you have the keys to heaven, which is kind of a rough example, like, if you have the cure to cancer, and you're keeping it to yourself, then those people's deaths are on your hands, right? So, like, you're not physically killing them, but you're still causing it. And like they said, uh, like the guys have said, uh, Brother Bush asked us to change our default from stay to go. And, um, like, you don't, a lot of us go through our lives, like, like Brian said, hoping for the mystical calling of God. But you, it's, you don't always get an immediate thing. Like, like, I prayed about it. I don't know what God's calling for me. But every person has a default calling from God. It said in the Bible to go to go ye into all the world and spread the gospel. You don't even have to go. You just have to spread the gospel, right? That's your default calling. Now, you may get another calling, like to be a pastor or something, but it's not, like, like I mean, look at me. I, I'm not good at preaching. Like, I'm good at talking, bloviating, uh, just speaking, chattering synonyms. I'm just, <laughs> I get up here and I can talk about an issue for a while and not be able to tie it into the Bible, because I haven't had the training that Brother Brian and Pastor have had and Brother Joel. I'm not an ordained preacher. I'm not Jimmy Southern Baptist Preacher Priced. Like, <laughs> but it's still a good thing to, it's still a good thing to try. Like, um, like witnessing, too. You go out, like, and you may be nervous, like, uh, I'm not good at talking to people. I stutter over my words. I have freckles on my face. I look like a troll. I don't... I, so, it's not the... It's not the 
It's not the cont- It's not the who you are. It's the content of what you are, what you are saying, what you are preaching. That's what's effective. And um, they they talked about the candle and how your life is over like that. Your life is a vapor that passeth quickly. And I'd go even further than say that your life isn't a candle. It's like a firework. It's got the little fuse that's gone like that. And you don't want to be a dud firework. You don't want to be a dud Christian. You wanna you wanna have an explosion for the Lord. You want to be a firework Christian, which sounds like a contemporary Christian song. But Because um, it, it, it makes sense, because we are the light of the world. We are the light in the darkness. And would you rather be like a little flame, which is still good, or would you rather be a big that a lot of people can see and you can reach a lot of people? Um, really quick, last thing about the missions trip. Um, the Hindus kind of stood out to me, because um, they put so much money, so much time and effort into this giant building for an action figure, pretty much, like, that they worship. And it felt, it felt demonic in there, and it did in the Buddhist temple, too. It felt like there was just something off, like your fight-or-flight instincts were kind of kicking in a little bit, or maybe that was just me. But um, it felt like there was something behind those doors that shouldn't come out. It's just very demonic, almost. And... One thing that the Hindus believe when it comes to the afterlife is that, um, or, or salvation, is that when you die, there's a, like a river in India or something that your ashes are thrown into, and your eternity is hinging on one of your family members just happening to grab your body and throw it in the fire. So if they forget, then you're, you're kind of hosed. You don't, you don't get a... You don't, there's no second chance. You're, you're dead, and then you're done. So it's pretty much relying on somebody else for your salvation, which is not the right way to go. Now, youth conference. One of the things that stood out to me very much was the message on rebellion. And you don't have to have an outright, I'm not going to do what you say, kind of rebellion. It's, it can be on the inward kind of thing. And I know. Um, <clears throat> We, he talked about a guy who was a preacher and was living a double life and then got in a car accident and died, and God snatched him up. And he left behind a whole lot of grief for his parents. And I said in one of the testimony things, you want to get that stuff out of your life because if you die and you don't have it cleared up, then that's just a whole lot more emotional burden and baggage for your parents. And also another thing, like you don't know when you're going to die. No one does. Um, only God does. So at one point in my family, I heard that you should always say I love you to somebody before you leave their presence because you never know when you're going to see them again. It's pretty funny what you can hear when you actually shut up for a minute. Um, And the last message, I believe, was the last message, um, how we're living in a corrupt world. And the world's not getting worse. It's getting bolder. And it's getting more. And we are getting more tolerant. That stuff has been there. It's just coming out more. And it's, they're just getting braver and braver, and they're trying to shove it down our throats more. The one, it, it's funny how they say tolerant, but the one thing they really don't have much tolerance for is being told that they're wrong in Christians. It's like, I'm not a white supremacist. I'm a God supremacist. Amen. Now, put that on a T-shirt. Um, <laughs> you need to hate the people, not the practice. Wait, hate the practice, not the people. <laughs> That's like the third time I've accidentally said that. <laughs> it's not good. But one of the, and then I'm, then I'm done, one of the th- two, actually, of the things that 
were really convicting weren't even from, I wouldn't say they're the most convicted, weren't even from a message. It was just when me, Luke, and Wes were in the hotel room, and uh, I forget what I was doing. I wanted to turn the TV on or something, and Luke said, I'm reading my Bible, don't be a stumbling block. And I said something along the lines of, well, if you see the stumbling block there, are are you still going to trip? Like, if you see something in your life that's preventing you from doing God's will, are you still going to let it be there and just blindly go over it? Or are you going to get out of your life? And I just thought that was funny because that was just us being silly. And it was actually very convicting. Another time was when we were eating Cheez-Its. Now, bear with me. This isn't a joke or a pun or anything. We were eating Cheez-Its, and um, I think it was Wes said, have you ever licked a Cheez-It? And I thought... We go through life just noshing down like sermons, like you do Cheez-Its, and never really appreciate the flavor of the Cheez-It or the content of the sermon. My mile-a-minute brain made that connection. <laughs> you don't... We go through life just hearing all these sermons, and I know I've struggled with that, and you just hear them, and it just becomes white noise. It doesn't, be, it doesn't have the same specialness of... Or not special... Speciality, or... It's not as special as youth conference or camp or something because... It's become mundane. It's become normal. It's just white noise, like I said. And you just lose your appreciation for it. It's not special anymore. And uh, I'm surprised I made the connection. It's just the, the sermons were actually more enjoyable than the organized activities, which uh, even the unorganized activities we had, which were kind of crazy at times. So I'm done. Thank you again to the adults. So, first of all, I want to thank Jake and Miss Leanna. Um, I know everyone's done that, but, you know, them and Shane and Rachel, they're just, they've been such a blessing. And they were a uh, big help with anything that we struggled with, anything we needed help with during that time. They were just there to support us. And um, during the missions trip, we got there, and I was like, well, I'm going to learn all this stuff, and we're going to be, like, out of here, and we're going to go to conference. I was looking forward to conference. Um, And we started um, making friends there, and we all got together, and then we went to the synagogue, and we were very, like, flabbergasted about, like, the way they believe, but apparently there's, like, multiple different ways that the Jews believe, and there's, like, a super liberal version, and then, like, there's, like, the more, they they weren't liberal, but they said that they were liberal and conservative. It was was a whole thing. And um, so, basically, they believed that... um, that it was you could bring honor to God in any way that you saw fit, and I thought you know that was like strange. I'm like, well, I'm gonna go and eat hamburgers because um, I think it brings glory to God. <laughs> and um, I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense. And so I got back, and we were like talking about it, and like uh, we had a conversation about that. And then the next day uh, we got up, and then we actually went to a giant waterfall. And um, we got to travel, uh, like, I think it was a quarter of a mile, but it was all uphill and, like, mostly steps. Um, and and uh, something I got out of it was uh, climbing all the way up the hill. It was a competition at the first, at the beginning, but, like, as we got into it, we're like, this isn't a competition. This is more of a struggle because there's, like, what, 450 flights of stairs all the way up. 
And, uh, yeah, it was fun. Um, we got halfway up, and then we saw the waterfall, like, oh, look, we're here. There's, like, a little bridge. And um, it turned out we were halfway there. Um, and then we stepped climbing the steps. I got to the top, and then I, didn't, I could not see Jordan. He was with my group. Um, it was two other guys, me and Jordan. And we all started running, and we got tired, and then the other guys passed us. And then we were walking, and... Um, we kind of got to the halfway. I'm like, all right, Jordan, I'm going to head up. And I went all the way up, and then I saw Jordan was struggling, so I went down and helped him. I'm like, well, we can do that spiritually too. We can go and um, help others. If we see someone struggling, you know, be for, there for them. Um, be a, uh, someone who supports, and you could also use that as it's an uphill climb. But the end goal, when we were at the top, we're like, oh, that wasn't so bad. We should do it again. No, I would do that again, but <laughs> but we we enjoyed that, and and that was one of the things that spoke to me during the missions trip, and um, uh, that was that was a whole thing. And then the rest of that time, we saw all these people who believe something, and they worked their entire life, they put so much into it, or they didn't put that much into it, and they didn't have eternal assurance, so they just thought that they were like, oh, well, we'll see. Um, I didn't, I was like, I don't like that. I'm glad that I have assurance. And that kind of gave me a um, reassurance in my salvation. Um, And then we went to youth conference. And like last year, I was super excited. Um, We all had fun. Uh, And that wasn't even the most important part is we enjoyed the messages so much that even the activities that were after them, it almost felt like they were like, pulling away from the messages. I'm like, well, I really, I'm really enjoying it. And like, he, like uh, Brian Sinsa said, it was like, oh, it was 14 hours. It felt like that because they were back to back to back. And it was, it was encouraging. It was, uh, it was just a strong like, spiritual presence of God. And um, I know there's like almost a, com- like a brotherhood with all the guys in the team group. We're all great friends. <clears throat> and uh, we, it's just that like, these guys in here will be my best friends for the rest of my life. Um, and you should have someone there for you, too, to support you, to be there for you, to make stupid inside jokes that begin with, yup. So, yeah, <laughs> don't do it. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that was something that spoke to me. Coming back every night and staying up till 1 in the morning while uh, Jimmy preached. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, we were going over testimonies every night. Um, and then one of the messages that spoke to me was potential. All the guys have kind of mentioned it, but that was something that really spoke to me. Um, I think that the most important part about that is knowing that as a person, I can go through life just doing whatever I need to, but if I'm not bringing honor and glory to God, it's not really doing much. So even going to my work now, I can go to work and I can just go through it. I can get it done. You know, at the end of the day, I go home, I go to bed because I'm tired. Um, but no, I need to, to even do that, work hard, bring honor to glory to God, um, and just to... to everything I do to bring glory to God. And that's hard sometimes because you get into this, like, motion, um, getting into the motions, like <laughs> Jimmy last year. The, he was like, what kind of ch- the, like, dance were you doing? I'm like, no. Um, but anyway, uh, so going to the motions and so going to, to uh, youth conference to kind of like, well, I went from missions trip. You know, that was very spiritual. We all kind of surrendered and we would go to missions if God would have us to. Um, and then we got to... Uh, conference, and like Brian said, we were like, oh, well, um, I'm already in my spiritual high. What, what am I going to learn from this now? And like you said, we were all wrong on that. Uh, anyone who went to the missions and then went to conference directly after. Um, and so getting there, we were like, well, you know, we're just going to go through every message. We're going to enjoy all the activities. And um, it was it was fun, but like, it was just, it was fun. But we um, went to 
the gas station, and everyone was wrestling over trying to get someone to track. It was funny because, and then also there was a dog treat involved. I don't know if anyone saw that, but uh, <laughs> someone ate a dog treat. I'm not going to say who, but two people ate a dog treat. They split it in half. It was pretty disgusting. But um, So a lot of things spoke to me. The potential thing was you getting out far enough and I'm not turning back. And no matter what you do, like anything that, that's a hobby, if it's a hobby that's not bringing glory to God, it's probably not a very good hobby. Um, but you can still have hobbies. Um, and the thing that spoke to me the most was just making sure that I stand strong as a Christian and um, making sure my faith is with God and that I walk with him. If you, ever, um, if you have your Bible tonight, turn to John chapter 15. I got a good two minutes. No, no I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay, so um, I'm only going to be talking about the world cheapest mission trip. I'm going to keep this really short. Um, I almost converted to Judaism. That's why I want to share. I was close. Okay, okay. I didn't agree with a single word they said. They were insane. They didn't look. They memorized the first five books of the Bible but couldn't tell you what a word of it meant. That's what I'm going to say. The only reason I wanted to join is because the hats were so cool. It wouldn't say on my head, but it was still cool. Nobody, we had like 200 pictures at the synagogue, and not a single one showed it with me with my hat on. So, like, that's saying a lot. Um, but um, I went into the mission trip thinking, God's probably, or I'm, I'm probably going to go to the mission field. I've been thinking about it for a long time. I'm probably going. Came back from the mission trip thinking, if I don't go to the mission field, God's going to hit me with a bus. So I'm going to hold, if I die at the age of um, 21, guys, this is my testimony right now. Um, that's, that's why I died. Um, <laughs> so I know they already talked about it, but um, the main thing that they talked about a lot in the mission field is the fact that God doesn't call you to go to the mission field. He told you to go to the mission field. Now, the mission field, it says, or God said, um, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I'm pretty sure Preble County was included in the words, all the world. It doesn't feel like that sometimes because Preble County feels like another world. We're kind of crazy here. But yeah, pretty sure Preble County was included in all the world. I'm pretty sure your workplace was included in all the world. I'm pretty sure your neighbors were included in all the world. Now, without raising your hand, I want everybody to think, check their pockets for a second, how many people are carrying a track on them right now? Because if we aren't carrying a track on, if you're not carrying a track on you right now, you have no intention on handing them out. You have no intention on sharing the gospel with all the world. So, challenge everybody. There's a row of tracks on the wall. My friends at VBS called them Bible pamphlets. That's close enough. Um, if I still see some there, I'm going to have an invitation call later. I expect you all to grab a few. Um, the thing that really spoke to my heart and really broke my heart was a story that they told. Um, there was a missionary um, who said they wanted a mission trip to China. They stepped out of the bus, and the missionary immediately grabbed a light bulb. He was like, do you hear it? Do you hear it? They're like, what do you hear? He said, do you hear it? They're like, what do you hear? What is this that you're hearing? They said, the footsteps of those who are going to hell. That is what the missionary said. He was crying out. How many of you hear those footsteps? You're walking around Walmart. You hear the footsteps. Those footsteps are people that are going to hell. And here we are with the cure to hell, the internal listen of heaven and we're here in church saying amen to the same sermon we've heard 400 times i want you to think about that for a second um it makes me think jordan or brian used the illustration of we all have or 
If you had the cure to cancer, you'd be seen as selfish if you didn't hand it out to everybody that you know. Yet here we are with the cure to the escape from hell itself, eternal suffering, and we're holding it to ourselves. That's, I just want you to meditate on that for half a second. Now, the way I end this up, I wrote a poem about three years ago when the Lord first called me to missions, and I wanted to share that. It basically sets up exactly what I believe um, about missions. Um, it goes, um, a tribe unknown remains unknown, for the preachers denying the spirit's undying call. The people are crying, for sacrificing is the only thing they were taught to do. A lady cries as they fasten her ties. She prays that somebody would save her, maybe a savior, maybe a prayer that can reach a God we shall know in fear. For a savior she was desiring, her fear undenying, the end was nine, the people were trying to please a God they don't even know. They rose her up, then struck her down. Her spirit left and her body fell. And in a blink of an eye, her body shifted into a heavenly sky. But as her eyes gazed up high, a big, a big white throne had met her eyes. She pleaded and pleaded for reason after reason. A woman who's never even heard now sits in front of the great all-knowing Lord. As she pleads and pleads, she says these words, Why is it that I've never heard? A phrase that God has heard and heard. And as a tear dripped down his eye, a savior so loving and kind forced to leave a soul behind. But as the floor disappeared, she burst into flame, as chains that feel as if a thousand pounds attached to her legs, and as her bones start burning, the heat hits her as if ten thousand burning suns. Her ears fill with screams loud enough to break the human ear, some of suffering, some of fear. And if she lets out a loud cry, she'll be screaming for all of eternity. We sit here hard heartedly. As people all over the world don't even know. So why is it that we don't go? Amen. I'm Brother Jake, if you want to come up. Come on up. I think Shane and Rachel are going to say something real quick, and then I'll close it up. It'll be brief. Um, these last three weeks, honestly, were super exhausting. I'm getting up at 3 a.m., and going with these crazy teenagers, and I'm so thankful that we invoked a quiet time, because <laughs> I slept. <laughs> um, but seeing all these teenagers, all 11 of them who went on the mission trip, surrender to God's will for their life, saying, I'll go, unless you tell me to stay, it was worth it. Seeing them after Dean Miller preached on, basically standing up in today's Babylon, um, he preached from Daniel and how the three Hebrew children stood up. After seeing them and seeing the guys go down and pray and stand arm in arm and pray together and seeing the girls do the same, it was worth it. Um, this last week at um, Teen Explosion, seeing those seven saved, it was all worth it. Um, sorry, I don't like talking in front of people. <laughs> um, I've been to youth conferences. I grew up in church. My dad's pastor. I've been to youth conferences, but this one was different. The atmosphere, the teens' hearts, everything was different. Um, one thing that was different than the youth conferences that I went to was the breakout sessions. And they had one specifically for youth leaders, and Brother Reno Likens um, taught and how he gave us practical things on how to grow our youth group, how to get out into the community, how to get into the public schools, and it was all very helpful. Um, 
But what Brother Johnny Pope brought to the breakout session, he said, give your mornings to God. He said, I know of many preachers who don't even go into the office until well after noon because they'll stay in their pajamas all morning because that is their time with God. And he just said, prayer is your job. As a Christian, it's your job. Everyone is supposed to pray. And um, one thing that he said is, um, that he pointed out is in Exodus thirty-two thirty, when God gets mad at the Israelites and he wants to kill them, Moses goes and prays. And if you look at that verse, there is a dash. And he said, Moses did not have the words to pray. He wanted to pray, but he didn't have the words. And he said, tis better to have prayer without words than words without prayer. And that just really hit hard. So. I had originally several things I wanted to say, and I know it's gotten late. So I'm, I just want to say that I love these kids. I want all of you teenagers to know I love you. I want all the parents of these teenagers to know I love them. And um, they're weird. <laughs> they really, really are weird. <laughs> but I love them. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be with them and to work with them. And um, the one thing that I want to mention is, um, you know, I think as a whole, as Christians, we would say the world's getting bad. The world is, it's not going in the right direction. But it's incredible when you're at something like this on a youth conference and you see, they, they talked about potential. But on the last night, he took a, a special altar time to ask any boy that um, feels like they're going to preach the gospel to come forward and pray as a group up front. And it was just a special time for prayer of them. And we were sitting behind all of our teenagers and just watching all of our boys all walk out and go up to, to pray. And um, it was and not just them. I mean, the altar just filled. And just looking up there at the sea of boys, I walked up to the girls, and we all just we all sat down and just began praying for them, because that that gives hope. If these these boys do what the Lord's calling them to do, we can change the way the world's going. It doesn't have to wait for their generation. We should be doing it now too. But it does bring hope for the future. So I I want to encourage everybody to be praying for these boys because. The devil doesn't like that. He did not like that altar full of boys willing to take the gospel out to the world. And it's not going to be easy for them. And um, I just I want to encourage everybody. These, these are a great group of kids. And just be praying for them and encourage them in any way you can. And um, they are. Their hearts are open. Um, somebody said something about we were at Chick-fil-A and had no tracks. I want to clarify. We had no tracks because we had already given out hundreds. <laughs> I think it was one night Luke went to the pastor of the church and said, we want to hand out tracts, but we need to hand out your tracts because if we hand out our tracts, they're not going to come to our church. We're three hours away. <laughs> and he came back and he's like, look what he gave me. And it was a stack like this thick of tracts. And we were at the amusement park. And I think almost every one of these kids came to me. Why don't we have more tracks? We gave out every single one of those. And they did. They were fighting going into Speedway. I get that guy in the blue shorts. I get that. They were. They were fighting over who they were going to get to give tracks to. And it was soon into the amusement park that we were out of all of those tracks. And all of them. Why don't we have more? Why don't we have more? And we, we should have. But I was just so proud of them for, for giving out those tracks. And. I want to say just quickly, the um, the teen explosion um, was amazing, and we ended at 9.30, and I just want to mention, at 10.05, I got a text from a girl, and um, I actually meant to kind of read it, but that's okay, um, but she was just thanking us 
for putting on the teen explosion. Her exact words were, if you had not done this, I would not have gotten saved. And to me, that's just, as a church, as a whole, putting on the explosion, everything that we put into that explosion, for one, for one teenage girl to acknowledge, and it wasn't just her, I had another message by 1015 from another girl thanking us, but those exact words really touched me. If you had not done this, I would not have gotten saved. And I just want to thank everybody for the support and the prayers. And I know a lot of you were praying for us while we were gone. And um, I just thank you. And just I, I do. I want to encourage everybody to continue to be praying for all of these kids. Well, it feels like a lot has already has already been said about multiple messages. And my wife took my point with uh, Brother Johnny Pope. But no, what she said was correct. Just... Just how how special do we give God the first part of our day? And we talk all all the time about you know giving God the first fruits in our tithe, and you know and specifically when it comes to our finances and such. But not a lot is talked about when it comes to our our day and our time. And so um, He really, really, really made it very, 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 very real and very important to make sure that hey, if it's if it's for if it's for thirty minutes, if it's for an hour. You know, before you get into the rest of your day, just just give that to the Lord. That way, you started off on the right foot. Um, I know different different people say, well, you know, just just find some time during the day, whether it's you know in the middle of the day or in the uh, or uh, or in the or in the evening before you go to bed. And he he brought out several scriptures where you know time after time after time it said you know in 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 the early morning, in the morning, you know you know before before noon and everything. And, and it just really, really pricked my heart that I, I just don't take enough time to pray. I don't take enough time out of the day to have that, uh, have that walk and that relationship with the Lord. And so um, that's, that, that, that was my highlight for, um, for the youth conference. I, I, know, I know we call it a youth conference, um, but more often than not, the, the leaders, <laughs> the, 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 the leaders get, get a lot out of it. And um, I know... I know depending on the numbers that uh, uh, the numbers that we have going with the teens, you know, we ask for chaperones and stuff like that. But I, I highly recommend if you have a chance, you know, c- come out and see how, first of all, how crazy and wild it is. Um, you think our vacation Bible school gets gets crazy. Um, but just just hearing just hearing what's 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 meant for the teenagers applied to the youth leaders and, 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 the, and the youth pastors. And it was just really, really, really impactful. Um, and then as far as the missions trip, um, you know, just being able to see the, all of these different cultures, you know, day, you know, day, day one, you're, you know, talking to, uh, uh, um, you know, t- talking to someone in a synagogue. The next day, you know, we're in a mosque. The next day, we're in, we're in a, a Buddhist temple and a Hindu temple. And, and you're, 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 you're surrounded by, like, like, like one of the boys said, you're surrounded by a lack of hope. It's it's all about what you can do and, 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 and how much effort you can put into it and, and not even knowing okay is what I'm doing enough am I even going to find out um, you know at, at the you know at the last minute hey have I done enough um, the uh, when we went to the um, uh, was it the the the, the Buddhist temple I think um, they, they 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 had the monk sitting there and there's you know two hundred some odd steps for him to you know reach you know perfection or you know being able to uh, earn heaven. And he said that if, if he gets to, to a certain point and if he breaks one of the rules, he goes back down to ground zero and he has to start all over again. And I was just so thankful that we don't have to worry about that. Yes, we have sin. Yes, we're not perfect. 
but we're not relying on our own works. We're not relying on, on what we can do to make it to heaven. We're relying on the person who saved us, who, 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 who keeps our soul secure in the palm of his hand. And if, if, if nothing else, I, I, I'm sure we're going to have mission trips um, later on down in the future, but I would encourage you to go, whether it's you know, a major one that we're going overseas or, or a smaller one like this where we're going a couple hours away. Um, but j- just go so that you can see, see, see what other people are being exposed to, see what other people are being lied to about, and it'll make you really, really appreciate uh, what we have here, not only in this church, uh, but in, in America as a whole, just being able to have that freedom uh, to speak the truth, to speak the word of God, and to have that everlasting hope of, of salvation. I know this has been a really long service. Um, I appreciate you guys for um, supporting the teenagers. Um, I'm not going to go into a whole lot of what, you know, even how God worked in my heart. They've covered it. But there were decisions made, just as my son said, that will impact the rest of their lives over these last three weeks. Pray for these young people. Pray for them. I plead with you, pray, pray for them. There's things that I want to start for them to help them um, continue in the things and the decisions that they've made. Pray for them. Um, I cannot reiterate that enough. And, and thank you for the support that you have given. I know you do pray for them, but I, I'm just pleading with you to continue. Um, you know, God has called so many of these young men and young ladies to, to go to missions, to preach, um, all these things. Um, and also with the teen explosion, thank you to all those who helped in that. That was such a blessing. Um, you know, we would finish up in here with the ending time. We'd go out there, and all the games are cleaned up. I just want to thank you as a church. We have an amazing church that um, that, that helps out. And I, I didn't thank you when, when I, I was speaking the last night, but I, I do thank you. So um, that, that's all I have to say. But just pray for these young people, and, um, and, and again, thank you for all, all that you all do, Pastor. Amen. I appreciate all the testimonies. And um, it's great to hear what God is doing in the hearts of these young people. And, um, you know, I I would reiterate again what Brother Jake said. We ought to pray for these young people. um, Because the devil is going to do everything he can to try to get them not to fulfill the commitments that they've made for the Lord. And, uh, and they not only need us to pray for them, but they need us to encourage them um, and to stand with them and uh, to let them know that we're, we're going to do everything we can to help them. And uh, I'm very thankful for the leaders that we have for our teens and thankful for the teens that we have. They are a nutty bunch. But they are a... <laughs> I was going to say they're a great bunch, but I might retake that back. Um, no, they are a great, a great bunch of kids, and um, I'm just excited to see what God is doing uh, through their lives. Um, you know, we've been here for 10 years, and a lot of these kids were just kids. Um, and to see them grow up as teenagers now, and to see what God's doing in their lives, and having that desire to preach, having the desire to be missionaries and serve the Lord, um, that's, that's worth it all. And um, I'm thankful for this church, uh, being able to do VBS and Teen Explosion and things like this, because without this church, we, we couldn't do those things, and uh, just to see what God is doing, and so I uh, thank you for all of that. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll say this, I, I guess I won't preach tonight. 
like Brother Jimmy said, that's the, not the right time to say amen, brother. Um, no, it's been great. And I, and I hope that you'll encourage these young people, especially those that, uh, you know, that felt like they've surrendered to what God would have them do. Encourage them. Let them know you'll be praying for them um, because they need that because they're not going to get it from out there. They're not going to get it from out there. Um, and so they need us to stand with them. And so I appreciate that. Amen. It's been a good night, um, good service, uh, just to see what God has done, because God is good. Amen. God is good. And I'm thankful for what he's doing through this church, thankful for what he's doing through these young people, and uh, just appreciate all the work that's been done. Why don't we stand together, and we'll have a word of prayer. And um, it's great to have Brother Barnett with us tonight. Brother Barnett is with uh, Six Day Outdoor Ministry, and... um, works with uh, trying to reach um, hunters and fishermen, sporting, sporting people like that uh, with the gospel. And we were, we were working last year, I think it was, or the year before, uh, to try to get him to come and to do something with us. And then the whole COVID thing hit and blew up, and that all messed everything up. Uh, but they were just passing through, and he said, hey, I'd like to join you for the services on Sunday night. I said, you're welcome to. It's going to be a little bit different. Uh, we're going to have our teens give testimony and things. But they said, no, we'd like to stop in. And so it's great to have you here uh, this evening. I hope you get a chance to meet him and uh, just the ministry that God has called him to. I uh, appreciate that. And, uh, but let's go ahead and be dismissed in a word of prayer. Brother Jay, would you dismiss us in prayer tonight, please?